Hi friends, today's re-release is actually very, very sad. Um, it's the story of Yasir Syed, an Egyptian man who moved to the United States and was not happy with the lives that his daughters decided to live once they got here. And unfortunately, it resulted in their deaths and it's just unbelievably sad. So if you're looking for a downer, <laughs> Here we are. Um, as a reminder, we are re-releasing our episodes. This is episode nine, part two. We have two more to go um, for our two-week break to be um, completed. And we thank you for your patience. And we hope you enjoy listening to the stories kind of in one-off small bites. So here, without further ado, the story of Yasir Syed. And let us know if you need anything, doomedofillapod at gmail.com. Thanks. California versus Orenthal James Simpson, case number BA09. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Yeah, I'm really glad you covered that one. That was, it's such an interesting story. So I'm going to segue us into the true crime side of our Doom to Fail stories. So my story this week elicits a lot of feelings for me. Um, okay. For one, it starts as a story I can totally resonate with. If it wasn't clear by my name already to folks or general appearance, I'm Middle Eastern, I'm Iranian specifically, and my family immigrated to the United States when I was two years old, so in 1986. For folks who don't know, um, Iran's history in the mid-70s onward was very, very turbulent. And I'm not going to go down a history rabbit hole here, Taylor, like that's a, that's a you thing. But um, it's important for the context of setting this up, uh, what was yeah. going on. But the TLDR is that Iran was basically a secular country for most of its history, it was a constitutional monarchy leading up to the revolution in 1979. With that revolution, the leadership and institutions that were ushered in were focused primarily around Islam and forcing a strict moral code on people, which is where we're at now. So if you follow right. the news even a little bit, that's why women are protesting why they can't go see soccer matches or why they have to keep their hair in a, I don't know what you call it, the, the hijab. Hijab. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, there's constant protests that are immediately followed by executions because that's a kind of right. But I mean, also, first dealing with his dog. But it's not just um, going to soccer games wearing the hijab. It's like they can't go to the doctor unless the doctor's a woman. But also, women can't be doctors. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's you know I put this within the context so I could actually have folks try to conceptualize what this actually means because that's how quickly things shifted in in Iran specifically was seventy nine. It happened like you are living one way again. It's just, it was mm -hmm. a secular country. The Shah, mm -hmm. there was no uh, auspices of religion there. So, to put it in context, imagine you're living your cool, hip life in LA or New York, going out with your friends, meeting people, and then one day you have police telling you to stop holding hands with your partner, that mm -hmm. all the places that you socialize are shut down. Like, that's how stark and different things ended up being, which is, you know, like, again, like I have a point to all this. But think about what happens to those people who are like, no, I'm not going right. to live like that. Like all the cool people leave, right? Like all the mm -hmm. ones who are not insane religious zealots leave mm -hmm. because, or, mm -hmm. well, then if the ones who have the opportunity to, right? They have the resources. Right, the ones that can. Mm -hmm. So, and that's exactly what my family did, right? They, they were like, mm -hmm. 
they made a decision that we do not want to be religious zealots. So mm-hmm. we are going to leave. And that's what we did. And that's how we ended up in Texas. So the reason I'm bringing all of this up is because, as I mentioned, the start of this story resonates with me because it is about someone trying to escape their home country for a better life. Mm-hmm. But this story also enrages me because of what one member of this family ends up doing. Okay. I am going to shit on religion a little bit on this. We've never done that before, Vars. That's totally off, off character. Yeah, it's totally off character for me. Yeah. It will be a thousand percent justified every time I do it. <laughs> so I'm 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 gonna keep going on this rant because I'm like riled up now and this has nothing to do with what's in the outline. Please do. If you come to the United States for a better life because you're trying to escape things that are going on in your home country, mm-hmm. don't try to make this like your home country. Right. If you're already decided, like, I left something bad, don't bring the bad with you. Yeah, it has nothing to do with assimilation. Really, like, yeah. maintain your language, maintain your religion, maintain your whatever, but don't be the thing that you needed to escape for a better life. Mm-hmm. That's my general thesis to anybody who is, you know, over here from a different country. Anyways, whatever. I'm not... I'm going to keep, I'm going to get into more rants later. <laughs> no, totally. I want to, I want to know more. Cause I was, I'm also curious is like, is that how hard is that to do? Well, I, I, I actually do put that in the outline. I actually discuss a piece of this in the outline because I think that there's mm-hmm. a point in time when you have to decide at, at what point do you have to diverge from your cultural understanding of the world mm-hmm. and there's going to come a point in time when this guy could have done it and he didn't do it. Um, and totally. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to point that out. I'm going to put, put a punctuation point on that. So the person we're discussing is a guy named Yasser Abdul Syed. Mm-hmm. Yasser is from Egypt and he came to the U S at 26 years old. Uh, he did it for exactly the same reason anybody does it. It's for opportunity. Uh, specifically, he was here to pursue higher education because in those countries, like it's, I'm not going to keep going down that ramp, but like, it is impossible to get like a decent education there if you're not like the 1.001% of smartest people in the country, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yasser married a, an American woman named Patricia when he was 30 and she was 15, which Taylor, oh. we've learned a lot about Oh no, this dynamic. How do they meet? I actually don't know how they met. But I would say that... Not at a bar. Definitely not at a bar. Yeah. On Tinder. But I would say that... Um, I discuss Patricia sparingly here because I, I mean, I hate to be mean about it, but like, she just seems like a nothing. Like she just seems like a nothing person. Like, like just like an empty vessel basically. That sucks. So the two of them would go on to have three kids. They have a son named Islam who was born in 1988, a daughter named Amina born in 89 and another daughter named Sarah who was born in 90. So three kids. Okay. To say Yasser was controlling is a bit of an understatement. He had an, almost abnormal predilection to know exactly what his daughters were doing at any given point in time by all accounts this behavior did not extend to islam he really didn't give a shit what the son was doing got it islam this the is, person. yeah yes exactly uh and this is where my speculation is going to come a bit into play there aren't i've watched a lot of news shows about what goes on here i've read a lot about mm-hmm. it but it's not a super meaty topic um people 
we don't go into a ton of details about the inner workings of these this family or the news doesn't really go into the inner workings of this family very much so there's gonna be some speculation here because again i feel a little bit like it's appropriate for me to talk on it given that it's a eastern guy and i've like i'm we'll, we'll get into it so part of the speculation is i'm assuming and i think correctly that part of why he really didn't care about islam the son i'm just gonna call him the son son because it's confusing yeah versus a daughter is is really religion it's cultural Mm -hmm. i think yasser came up in an islamic household and in a country where women just aren't seen as equal to men he doesn't have to keep tabs on the son because the son probably he in his mind he knows what's up it's the girls you got to keep tabs on right per usual i hate making excuses for this type of behavior but I feel like if you've lived in that environment for 26 years, breaking that programming has to be hard. Yes, totally. I That's what this, I was thinking, yeah. I referenced this a little bit earlier about, like, where that divergence happens. I think in any situation, a person who has been programmed by life or culture or whatever it is comes to a certain point and then has to make a decision. Go with the programming or break the cycle. Mm-hmm. That, that is an inflection point I think happens – again as as an immigrant like i can speak with some knowledge of that like there you reach a point where like uh this is what i know this is how i was raised what do you do what what path do you take here yasser is going to take the exact wrong path and we're going to see that happen here in a moment so going back to the two daughters there were reports of abuse of course there was some physical abuse and by some accounts sexual abuse as well i won't go into them but Mostly it's because that's not the interesting part of this story. The interesting mm-hmm. part is the extent to which Yasser wanted to control the daughters. He almost sounds like a jealous ex-boyfriend. Mm. Like he'd go Like you belong to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. 100%. He'd go through their phone. He would record them without their knowledge to see what they were talking about. And in particular, he had an extreme aversion to them. I mean, really just growing up. And dating boys that's what it was mm-hmm. yeah the latter part the dating boys part seems to be the biggest trigger for yasser there were multiple stories and accounts of these um this understanding that yasser was very violent can you hear that your dog yeah i can kind of hear it but i, I barely i don't think anyone's gonna be able to hear it they might think it's farts though it's which not we've farts. heard you've heard that farts. feedback your brother is so wrong. Like, he, he, <laughs> if he re-listens to it, I don't even know how you would make that sound. That like the pitch of it is obviously the, the yelp of a dog. <laughs> you heard that? You hear? You hear that, Kincaid? Talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so like I said, with 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 Yastra, the trigger with him was really like the girls and their relationship with with boys. Hmm. He did one of these gross old guy things that was just all about, like, protecting the virtue of his daughters. There's one story about how when Amina turned 16, Yasser took her to Egypt to marry a friend of his, which at this point, Yasser's 48. So how old is this friend who's marrying a 16-year-old? Also, these girls were born in the United States. They were born in Texas. Like, they... You know what? I'm getting flashbacks to that family, um, the one with the dad who looks like Harry from Dumb and Dumber, where it's like where you have exposure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the real world, and then 
now you're going to Egypt to marry some guy and be in this like Islamic family. Like, it, I don't know. It, it's, right. it sounds awful. Yeah. Obviously the more he pushed the girls in the way that he pushed them, the more he repelled them. So Amina starts dating a boy. She meets in a karate class. They would have to use code words and stuff to get around Yasser's surveillance, which mm-hmm. just shows really the unflappable resolve of a teenage boy dating a girl. I know. Poor guy. Seriously, poor guy. At one point, Yasser suspected that she was dating someone and beat the shit out of her to try and get her to tell her him the boy's name. She took the beating. She refused to give the boy's name because she legitimately thought he would kill him if she did. Wow. Yeah. And again, constant theme that I read over and over again was like, yeah, the mom thought that he was going to kill them. He was going to kill her. Like, constantly. It comes up over and over again. The mom just... Yeah, like she just seemed like maybe it was um, resigned to it. That's probably the right. I I shouldn't talk bad about her. Like, I think that she was just so beaten down by this guy that she was Mm -hmm. just like, whatever, whatever happens. Yeah. Why? I mean, like, I don't, I'm so sorry, but I don't understand why he's so mad because he wants to, like, he wants them to just completely be controlled by him. Then, like, why even send them to school? Why send her to karate class? So that so that's the thing. Like that's why I, I mean I hate to say it this way. I know this guy. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up with guys like this. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into details because it'll be obvious to the people who hear the story who know me, like what I'm talking about. <laughs> but <laughs> but there's something about this cultural grip that when some people just can't handle it. Like it's mm-hmm. it's almost like a known thing when you come to America that like if you're from one of these countries it's almost known that some people just can't take it. That it's yeah. too much stimulation, too much going on. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that he just falls into this category. I think I don't think that it was like, a, I'm so mad thing. I think it's like a, I'm just out of my element thing. Totally. Yeah, I definitely don't understand that. So I appreciate that perspective because I don't get it. Yeah, it's a thing. It really is. Um, yeah. So that relationship with Amina progressed to the point where her and the boy actually got engaged. Aww. Which to me is just cutesy teenage bullshit. He probably got her a totally. ring out of one of those gumball machines, you know? By some accounts um, that I actually couldn't verify, the other daughter, Sarah, had also started dating someone and also got secretly engaged. To me, the girls at this point, as I was reading this, it sounded like they were just trying to find any exit, any way to flee. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure those boys were like very I don't know, like brave and like comforting, you know, they'd be like, we're going to, it's going to be okay. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm going to take us on a bit of a side quest here. Taylor, have you heard of the concept of honor killings before? Yes. I think that's when like a dad kills their daughter to stop her from doing something that would dishonor the family. Like, yeah, that's roughly it. So I, I, I did put a little bit of facts together here. So I did a bit of research on this and several things I found will probably shock no one. Again, I'm not trying to shit on religion or the ethnicity, but obviously this is something that happens in Middle Eastern cultures. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, I don't, mm-hmm. that's not prejudice or racist for me to say. That is actually what ends up happening. So mm-hmm. I remember, Taylor, when I was around 16 years old, I found this book at the library because I used to actually read that was called The Stoning of Soraya M. And because yeah. it was um, framed as like an Iranian book, it was, it, it is, it's about an Iranian woman, 
I picked it up because I was just like trying to learn more about like Iran and what goes on there. Yeah. And I was 16 and I thought, okay, let's see what this is all about. It's the true story of a woman named Soraya in a village in Iran whose husband wanted to marry someone new, but didn't want to return her dowry or support two families at the same time. So he spread okay. a rumor that she was having an affair. So the village and her own family would agree to kill her by stoning her to death. That is exactly what happened to Anne Boleyn. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He wanted to marry someone else. Yes. So he accused her of having an affair and had her killed. Yeah. Con yeah. I guess I guess this is more common than it probably should be. I put this part in. I literally wrote this is for one because he asked for more gruesomeness. So in a mm -hmm. stoning, what ends up happening is the victim is buried in the ground up to their neck and people just take <gasps> turns throwing stones at their head. In Soraya's case, it was documented that her father had to start the process. He was the first one to throw the stone, followed by her son, and then followed by the guy they made up the story about that she was cheating on her husband with. He oh didn't God. get killed. Like, that guy was fine, but he did have to also throw rocks at this woman's head. But they but, all, like, knew that it was a lie. The husband knew it was a lie, and the, this guy knew it was a lie, Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but apparently when it was his turn, uh, he was supposed to throw a few, and I guess he threw one, and he just picked up the other stone and was disgusted and just threw it away and walked away. He just couldn't do it. Oh, how brave. I know, yeah. So, super awful story, and also surprisingly not uncommon. The vast majority of honor killings are women and girls, as you stated, with the exception of men really being homosexuality, or mm -hmm. if they're caught, you know, diddling a kid or a family member or something like that. Mm -hmm. The UN estimates that about 5,000 of these killings occur annually. Ugh. And as the name implies, and as you also mentioned, the killing is meant as a way to restore the family name when someone is perceived to have dishonored it. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot more research on this. Don't need to go into details. The one thing I would note is that the Quran actually itself does not reference or bring up the concept of death for mm -hmm. the sake of honor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it is what it is. It's, it's a weird thing because I feel like there's no, like, in my family, there's no, like, dishonor the family thing, you know? Like, it just sounds something that we, like, think of. Like, I mean, are... look, look, I can I can feel this even from my perspective of, like, you know, having to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. Mm -hmm. or, like, it's, it's, like, it's, it's a no, like, if you weren't, then that is a dishonorable, like, it's yeah. a thing. It really is. Totally. So, going back to our story these girls are basically constantly plotting their escape with the boyfriends which is why they're getting engaged anyways and yasser is a constant terror to be around and on january 1 2008 he tells the girls to get into the taxi cab he drives for work so that they can all go get someone to eat mm -hmm. they, by all accounts they do not want to do this they they are terrified of this guy at this point mm-hmm he drives them to a parking lot of a hotel in a part of Dallas, which I'm actually like really, really familiar with. My mom used to work like right here. It's called, um, it's this part of Dallas called Las Colinas. And he parked mm -hmm. his cab at the Omni Hotel there. After which he promptly turned to the girls who were in the back seat and shot them. Oh, Amina died. So scared. Yeah, Amina died. Yeah, I actually talked about that here in a sec. Amina died instantly. Sarah actually lived long enough to call the police, call 911, and explicitly said that her dad shot her. Oh, my God. In total, he shot off 11 bullets. Wow. Which, like, in the, in the back seat in the of car? a car. Yeah. I mean, I've been gun shooting, and I've had, like, the headphones on. It is deafening 
with that situation, much less in the in a, inside of a car. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, Amina died right away. It was actually Sarah who took the brunt of it because he. How old? Uh, how old were they? Oh, I should know that. I don't know. Hold on. So this like happened. In two, this happened in two thousand eight. Amina was eighty nine, and Sarah was ninety. So Sarah. Sarah would have been eighteen. Uh, yeah, Sarah would have been eighteen, and Amina would have been two year or a year older than that. So nineteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Like I said, Amina died right away. It was Sarah who took the brunt. She took nine shots and then also survived for a little bit. Going back to my side quest, um, this is classic honor killing to the mm-hmm. T. It's actually how the police also defined it. He did this because the girls were dating American boys and he couldn't handle it. Because in his <sighs> mind and based on his behavior, they were his property and he chose who they should be married to, which right. again was like a mid- 40s man in Egypt. Ew. And when Did I you said, want them to live in Egypt? Yeah. Yeah. After, even though after he left. Yeah. Okay. Which, like, I mean, to his credit, good for self awareness of knowing that you probably don't belong living here. Like, it's this is not your vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I said earlier that there's an inflection point, whether you go to your programming or you alternate. Mm-hmm. This is that moment. This is the time when you decide upon self-reflection. My, I got to find a way to be cool with my daughters dating these guys mm-hmm. and move beyond it. Mm-hmm. Or go to my programming. My programming is telling me I got to kill them. Like right. That was the decision point that he chose to go this route. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I would say in any situation, most people come to this country in an immigrant capacity. You probably experience that in a much less severe way. But it mm-hmm. is it is relatively common. Yeah, that makes sense. So like I said, this all happened at the very, very start. It was Jan 1 of 2008. From that day until August of 2017, so just shy of 10 years, nobody heard or saw anything of Yasser. What? Yeah, he just kind of vanished. They actually thought that he went back to Egypt, but they couldn't find any records of it. He walked away Uh-oh. from the car. He got out of the car after he shot them, and <gasps> poof, that was it. Wow. Yasser also has the unique distinction of having been placed on the FBI's 10 most wanted list in 2014. Wow. Yeah, I actually used the Wayback Machine to figure out who else he was on the list with, which is like, yeah. he was on the list with some crazy, crazy people. He was on a list with this guy who was a cartel guy who was like a captain in some cartel. Like he was uh-huh. big enough to where he was one of those guys who would like get plastic surgery done on his face so that nobody could recognize him, which is insane. Insane level of like, there was another guy who was on the list who killed his wife, killed his two kids, then blew up their house that they lived in in Scottsdale, which I mean, don't do that again, but good. Like the flair for theatrics is kind of appreciated. (laughs) (laughs) But my favorite guy that he's on the list with is this guy named Semyon Mogulovich. Who the U.S. government describes as the most powerful and dangerous gangster in the world. He's basically the head of the Russian mafia. I mean, not cool. That's terrible. No, it actually is super cool. You should read this guy's (laughs) Wikipedia page. His aliases alone are like several paragraphs long. What's his name again? I'm going to type it down. Semyon is S-E-M-I-O-N. Oh, he came up right away. Semyon Mogilevich, criminal, it says. Yeah. Okay, I'll read this one. We're done. It is, 
his life is so i i wrote this i wrote this that at some point if we ever start covering just like random people that we find interesting i 100 percent i'm gonna do this guy because it is like he sounds like a fictional john woo character like he oh sounds God, like really? he belongs in all the wick movies it's it's fascinating so okay but, but just so everybody knows like that's the caliber of people that he's on this list with in 2014 wow so going back to yasser in 2014, his dumbass son rents an apartment in his own name in Texas. The son was obviously trying to protect his dad. So when police showed up to interview, is I wrote Islam, but I'm just going to call him the son because it's confusing. Mm-hmm. They showed up to interview the son. He was just very defensive and cooperative. So somebody had mentioned that they saw a figure inside this house because everybody's looking for this guy. They've been looking for, for like 10 years at this point. Right. And it makes sense that he would still talk to his son because he like care of the son. Yeah, yeah, 100%. The son was protecting him throughout this whole thing. Oh, what a dick. So police show up, talk to him. The son gives them nothing. Overnight, whoever was in that apartment disappeared. The, the FBI showed up the next day. They broke in, and they just – nobody was there. The FBI found a pair of eyeglasses, and they used this thing called DNA kinship analysis, which means they built a DNA profile of Yasser – by like reverse engineering it. So essentially they took dried blood from the girls, which they had. They took an mm-hmm. oral swab of Patricia, which they had. And they created mm-hmm. a DNA profile of Yasser. And they mm-hmm. conclusively determined that eyeglasses were his. So they knew he was in the area. They knew that someone was protecting him. So that's would, a lot of information. Go ahead, sorry. No, how, but how, how did you get your DNA from your glasses? I guess like maybe if there's like a thing of hair or dandruff on there. I don't know. I don't know. This, I okay. Yeah, I don't know how any of this works. This happens, but then nothing happens again. It'll be another six years before authorities catch wind of where these guys are again. And they see Islam, again, the son, and yeah. his uncle. Just name your kids something different, like Christians, well, I mean, Islams. Like, like... Yeah, the Christian, I feel like we, t- we accept that as being a name. But when you like think about it more than four seconds, you're like, that's a weird ass name. Yeah, like, I'm not going to name my son Protestant boy. Like, yeah. why, why, why are we cool? Anyways, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No, no, totally. So, um, they spot the son with his uncle. So, Yasser's brother is also a part of this dynamic and helping them out. Mm-hmm. And they're going in and out of a house in um, a part of town called Louisville. The FBI gets a warrant and enters the house. They find and finally arrest Yasser. Wow. They also arrest the brother, or the, sorry, the son and Yasser's brother the same day for aid, aiding and abetting a fugitive. Yasser went on trial actually just last year. It's very recent. Wow. This all happened in 2008. He just went on trial a year ago. Wow. His absolutely inscrutable defense is that someone was threatening him and his daughters in the cab that day. And so he parked the cab and walked away, leaving his daughters alone with this person who was a threat to them. Because he thought that the guy was after him and not the daughters. That that was his argument. That's his defense. That the guy would, like, follow him? Yeah. The guy would person? follow him and not the daughters. Oh, my God. That's dumb and not true. Yeah. The jury took three hours to deliberate, which I'm shocked at this. Like, I was like, I wrote down, they must have had, like, a two-and-a-half-hour lunch break. And that exactly. counted as part of the deliberation. He's like, I have no idea how this would take you three hours to figure out. So Yasser, unsurprisingly, gets a life sentence without the possibility of parole. He's incarcerated this place that sounds really charming. It's called B County. It's very, very very nice name. Yasser's son also gets seven years, and his brother gets 12 years. 
And they arguably got it a little bit worse since they're actually in federal prison. Huh. There goes that. He took a lot of people down yeah. with him. I want to circle back to the topic of our show and what it means here and what it means, again, to me personally. Like I said before, I grew up with guys like this. Like, I understand yeah. guys like this. And like I said, I can literally think of three men off the top of my head that obviously didn't take it this far, but were in need of control and possession more than mm -hmm. would be acceptable in modern society. And I wrote down here, you know, all this is culturally informed while living in a culture that doesn't adhere to those beliefs, which I think is where that juxtaposition happens on someone's mind, which is like, how do I reconcile that? Mm -hmm. I would say this. If you're dating someone whose background is historically on the extreme conservative side of things, pay attention mm -hmm. to things. If a guy yeah. tells you what to wear, how to act, that's not something that's going to wash away by you asking him to chill. That's mm -hmm. entrenched programming. It's not look uh, this is like look I'm, i've been framing this as like a middle eastern thing it's not even really that like it's think about the entire middle of this country think about like, the yeah. hardcore conservative guys who i mean those are also a demographic like this that don't want women to show their faces right mm -hmm. so i don't know i would just say like again going back to the topic of this show like pay attention to this stuff like it's mm -hmm. it has consequences obviously patricia divorced him in 2009 after the murders but like wow whatever like it, she didn't really help her daughter she didn't really protect them and i don't think she really had the wherewithal to do that anyways mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah and like yeah there's like a weird thing in in like conservative christianity where there's like the purity thing with your dad where you like so weird you know like go to like a, a purity ball and like promise to remain pure until you marry which is so stupid and like not real um it's so creepy i so again like i, I was raised in texas and like mm -hmm. i knew kids growing up where like they're going to a dance with their dads to talk it's all centered around your virginity like it yeah do you all not so, think that's weird so weird anyways yeah it's so weird it's weird to think that much about your yeah it's weird I don't, so, I don't know. And I think that, that, but I think it goes back to something that we said a bunch is like controlling women, whatever reason you feel like you have to. Yeah. Or yeah. Controlling other people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my story. Luckily, this guy's in jail. He's going to be in jail for the rest of his life. Um, I went down so many side quests on this one. What was the, what's the, is the doomed part the trying to move your culture into another culture? it's so much of it like it's it's yeah. it's just go back to egypt man like yeah just go back to egypt like you'll find a nice girl there you'll get married and she won't show her face like, I, like just she'll your kids will adopt that as their personas like i don't know why you have to do that here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's a part of it and the other part is obviously the marriage of patricia where Again, I don't, I don't, I'm gonna sing a swan, swan song for her, but she sounds like she just had literally no power or control to do anything. And yeah. I think that's the age difference. I think that some people frame their culture as this incredibly, incredibly important thing. I remember I had this conversation. So I, I had this friend, I'm not gonna bring up exactly how I know him because again, it's gonna give up too many details. But I had this friend, uh -huh. he's a white guy. Um, 
and him and his girlfriend went to Spain and they went to like the bull show, the running of the bulls, right? Uh-huh. And they recorded this and they played me this video of it and they were just like, we just have to honor their culture. I'm like, no, you don't. This is fucking savage. This is like, fuck their right. culture. Like this whole excuse of like, it's my culture. I'm so vehemently against that because like, culture, mm-hmm. like just because you were raised in a w- certain way doesn't mean that's how it should be basically. Right. Totally. And so yeah, I think like in this case, it's like, I think that part of it is Patricia was again, trying to be super chill and was like, I'm not raised in a very in-depth culture. So I don't know how it is. So he, this must be how it is. It's like, yeah, you can also call that out. You can also be like, yeah, actually fuck that part of your culture. It's stupid. We should abandon that. Yeah. But that's like, then there's so many, so many people who are so like violently obsessed with their culture, which is like all the stuff that's happening in the Middle East right now, because they're like, this yeah. is, and like, who's to say, like, you're like, there's like a, I don't want to say like, who's right and who's wrong, but I also want to be like, I do believe it's wrong to not let women outside. <laughs> there's a thing that um, Iranians do that I am going to, uh, the next generation I'm going to change the tide of us doing this completely. It's called tarofing, which is mm-hmm. you constantly are trying to like get people to like, you're trying to offer them things in a way that's just absolutely annoying. Like imagine <laughs> sitting at a dinner table and mm-hmm. every two minutes, your grandma or a relative is just like, have you tried that salad? It's really good. You should try that salad. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Like two minutes later, have you tried that? It's really good. You should it's like what just leave me alone or or the worst <laughs> is when you go out to dinner and it's just like everybody just like tries to shove their credit card at the waiter and like mm-hmm. i stopped even trying when i'm in those situations like dude whatever like take it like it's fine like i'm not even like if this is how you want to live like we could just split it we just have to be normal people and split but <laughs> but whatever let them pay Who that's cares? a cultural thing that iranians do just absolutely drive me nuts so anyways um yeah that's sorry well that was terrible those poor girls yeah no kidding that's they had boyfriends they had no idea what they were signing up for i know that's that's a lot like for those those kids were just kids and probably like you know loved their cute little girlfriends who were just like they're just normal you know they could have been like i don't know cute little happy th- and also patricia is white yeah which i feel like i just i'm finding on google and so like yeah they it wasn't like, I don't know, that's too bad. That's really sad. And it's definitely like, I wonder what he did for those years that he was on the run. Yeah, yeah. I think his son supported him, his brother supported him. I have no idea. And what but. a way to like, I, I know that we've we've definitely talked about the hot take of don't kill your family. <laughs> hot take, don't kill your family. But you can also, like you said, freaking leave them. Yeah. just leave them just you will go. also never talk to them again just just go go somewhere else go to egypt like you said like just leave so many right. people so many yeah. people have multiple families yeah. just have your just family here you got it out of your system who cares leave yeah. them go to egypt leave them. yeah you can pretend they're dead say they're dead to me get out of here who cares you know but they don't have to actually kill them i feel like it's we're horrible. just like we're just like therapists for psychopaths at this point I just, I mean, we have so many good ideas, which are like, don't kill people. Have you worked on- Don't believe on, in wizards. Have you worked your on your- Your eyes are not the window to the soul. Have you worked, I disagreed. Have you worked more on your um, dating app for widows yet? No, widow, widow or won't you? Um, 
no, but I think it still is a top priority for me because I think it's 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 a gold mine. Widows. Um, I'm gonna, how many widows? How many widows, widows are there in the world? In their twenties, are there in the U.S. Uh, love and loss. No older adults. What percentage of widows are under forty? Oh, five percent. Okay, that's not great. <laughs> not great. Yeah, we're not gonna. We're not. My mumu idea was the right idea. That's what we actually should have done. Okay, this is maybe my second, second plan. Is it my widow or won't you? But yeah, I mean, I think also like there's a lot of people in the world, so go find someone else if you feel like killing your partner. No big deal. There's more people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a. I think I've shown that I'm a firm, staunch supporter of not murdering partners. Cool. Um. um can you also, when you, when we when we're done, listen to the the disco hit, the rest of the Rasputin, where it goes rah rah Rasputin. Have you heard that song? No. Look, we'll we'll look. I'll put that in the in some notes as well because you should listen to that after. Love it. Um. Cool. Well, that's our cool. story, Taylor. Thanks for sharing yours. Um, yeah. Thank you. Hopefully, you have a lovely weekend in Joshua Tree. Thank you. You too. And um, I will. Yeah, thank you everyone for, for listening and subscribing. Please give us those reviews and email us at doomedafellpod at gmail.com if you have any ideas, questions. All. Yes, anything. all of it. Thanks everyone. Thanks all. Bye. Bye.